Hello, lovely listeners. Before I get started today, I just want to say thank you. It's helped giving me a purpose to answer your questions. I've been doing more original journalism than ever before since this crisis started. In the past month, I've spent dozens of hours on the phone talking with people affected by this crisis, tracking down statistics and leads, and trying to untangle what the heck is happening with the economy these days. I am able to do this because of support from generous listeners who pledge $1 or more per month on Patreon. We call them Personal Finance Society, and their support lets me pay for transcripts, servers, books for donating to low-income youth, and hosting for the podcast and forums. Every single dollar makes a huge difference. To learn more about the society and perks, you can visit ohmydollar.com support. And thank you to our new and returned patrons who joined this month, Christy, Jessica, Michelle, Rachel, Christina, Alyssa, Kevin, Bookie, and Penny. You make a difference. Thank you. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. I'm not okay right now. It might be bold, but I'd venture to say very few people are doing okay. This episode was originally written before protests swept the United States and the world over the death of George Floyd and the continued police brutality against Black people everywhere, and particularly in the United States. Remember when our biggest collective concern was how soon we could leave our house and how much the price of toilet paper had gone up? Being not okay a week ago pales in comparison to this week. Now hundreds of thousands of people are afraid of military occupation of their cities, and white people across the United States are grasping the fear of police violence against their bodies that black people have lived with every day of their lives. We're having a worldwide conversation about institutionalized racism, all in the midst of a global pandemic. The system, all of them, the financial system, the housing system, the justice system, None of them were designed to be fair to black and brown people. They aren't broken. They were designed with white supremacy baked in. And don't think you get out of this if you're watching from across the world. While the United States was built on slavery, other countries have plenty of injustices to atone for as well. Over 400 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have died in custody in Australia since 1991, with few perpetrators brought to justice and the names of their killers held in secret. Canadians have had injustices perpetrated against Indigenous First Nation people since the beginning and founding of their country, and it continues today. So this episode was supposed to originally be just about how it's okay to not be okay. It was about how to even care about your money when the world is on fire. And now my city has literally caught on fire. And how do you prioritize handling your money when one in four people are unemployed and people are dying in the streets and in their homes from a systemic injustice? 
But now it feels even bigger because it's not just about how do you take care of yourself, but how do you help? How do you help in the midst of what might be a personal financial crisis when there's even bigger crises going on? How can you care about your money? And the simple answer I have is you don't worry about big goals right now. If you keep yourself alive through 2020, you have accomplished the goal. You don't need to make a lot of money or pay off your student loans or whatever big thing you were striving for at the end of 2019. We are in a collective crisis, possibly two dozen collective crises. At the beginning of 2020, I set a goal for myself that I was going to save $20,000 this year, which was rather ambitious given at the time I was making minimum wage working at Starbucks and then a couple hundred dollars selling cat books on the internet because that's my job. I even invited other people to join in on the challenges. We still have several 20 in 2020 challenges going on in the Oh My Dollar forums. Saving $20 a week or a month, 20% of your income or $20,000, whichever is practical for you. And those have all looked good and great and like ambitious but doable goals in January. Oh, what innocent times those were. The stock market was riding high, and unemployment was at its lowest level in a decade around much of the world. We seemed collectively optimistic. 2020 was our year. We were in the future. And then good old Ms. Rona came a-knockin'. Entire industries halted overnight. People lost their jobs, and there weren't any other jobs to get. Schools shut down with less than 24 hours' notice. People we knew, maybe even you yourself, got sick. Some of them got really, really sick. Hundreds of thousands of them died. And we were told the solution was to stay in our house. You'll be safe if you stay in your house. And as an introvert, that sounded great. Flatten the curve. Wash your hands. Stay in the house and you'll be safe. Order some takeout from a local restaurant. Don't wear a mask. Save them for healthcare workers. Donate. Try to work from home with your kids screaming in the background. Stock up on groceries, but don't stock up too much. Leave some for everyone else. Attend a Zoom happy hour and say hi to your friends. Oh, wait, never mind. Do wear a mask. Actually, if you don't wear one, you'll be given a fine. Save the environment, but uh, actually use single-use everything right now. It's safer. Wash your hands. Now, black people in America are dying at twice the rate of their peers. Frontline workers aren't getting the protective equipment that they need to stay safe. No one seemed safe. The prime minister of the UK gets COVID-19 and is hospitalized in critical condition. Greece and Iran's health ministers die from it. And maybe it didn't seem dire. There was hope. People were making cute music videos for healthcare workers. People were buying things from small businesses. I never bought so many ridiculous things from Etsy to support small businesses. Mutual aid societies, which were once previously the kind of things that were left to crusty anarchists, sprung out of nowhere and were inhabited by Karens. I never thought I would see Karens in mutual aid societies. A fierce season of RuPaul's Drag Race was airing. You know, there was hope in the light of it. But then the work of just existing in this environment took a drain. Trying to get kids to stay busy just so you can hop on that awkward work stand-up meeting on Zoom. The thrill of getting to peer into your coworkers' houses and see their cats really wore off after a while. It really seemed serious once the Trader Joe's employees that used to make aggressively friendly comments on your ghost pepper chips 
we're suddenly just too tired and exhausted to make a comment. But what does it mean? What, what should you do? How do you stay motivated in a time like this to work on a big money goal? How do you even care about money when the world feels like it is a dumpster fire? And here's what I say. Right now is a crisis. In a crisis, you are not focused on next year, and that is okay. It is a one-day-at-a-time sort of situation. What is important to do today? How are you going to make the most impact today with your money? You have to focus on what is in the locust of your control. If there's anything we learned in 2020 is that there's a lot more outside of our control than we previously thought. But what you can control is how you respond to circumstances. And circumstances are going to keep coming. Circumstances change on a dime. LA implemented a 1 p.m. curfew with 40 minutes of notice. Suddenly, we need to avoid our neighbors on the sidewalk instead of offering a hand. There's a lot of circumstances. It's possible we're staring down the four horsemen of the apocalypse right now. So that's what I'm here to say. Right now, your goal is to get through the year day by day. We're all bearing a lot of mental weight right now. We all are. There's a lot of uncertainty. We want to come together, but we're told the most important thing we can do is stay socially distanced. Suddenly, the burden that Black people have been dealing with their whole lives has been placed on the shoulders of everyone. Now millions of us are trying to lift a load that has been put on the shoulders of Black people from birth. And the good news is that when we share a load, we can affect change faster. The bad news is that we seem to have every crisis stacked on top of each other right now. That means dealing with it takes up a lot of Fs. Dealing with the trauma, particularly if you are Black, takes up your energy, possibly more than you have. Some days, you just have to choose where you put your Fs. It's a day-by-day exercise. So I'm going to give you my top recommendations for money right now. First and foremost is take care of you and yours first. And if that is all you can do, that is the most important thing. Because here's the thing. There are so many things to worry about right now. But you will have no capacity to help anyone else if you lose your shelter or your power gets cut or you can't get enough calories to sustain yourself or you can't bend your joints because you didn't get enough sleep or you didn't take your meds and now your brain is saying terrible things to you. You won't be an effective advocate. You can't help other people unless you can make sure that your basic needs are covered. You have a limited number of Fs to give in a general day. The first F must be focused on taking care of yourself and your closest loved ones. And that means you need to let go of any guilt you have about not doing enough if you're at risk of your own health or your stability falling apart. And that doesn't mean that people with chronic health conditions or disabilities or living on a low income can't be helpful to dismantling police brutality against black people or supporting frontline workers in the pandemic. It just means the most helpful thing you can do is make sure that you feel safe within your own home before you start sharing your Fs with other people. If you are working on the front lines and all your Fs are being taken up by making sure that people wear their masks inside the bus and that your rent gets paid, then that is your contribution right now. Use your Fs for that. If you are home dealing with a chronic illness or a mental health flare-up and also trying to make sure your toddler doesn't eat the Legos, then that takes up all of your Fs and that is what is important today. 
If you want to be donating to bail funds, but you're worried about getting evicted and you're unemployed, you need to use your Fs on getting your housing secure. And maybe that means you need to use your last funds to move in with family friends. Maybe that means you need to spend all your Fs calling the unemployment system, trying to actually get through and get the check they said that you qualify for. Or maybe that means you need to pull some money out of your IRA or emergency fund if you have one. Maybe that means you need to do the work of enrolling in Medicaid since you lost your health insurance. Maybe that means you need to put your student loans on hold so that you have enough for rent. So first things first, I want to make sure that the basics for you and your immediate dependents are taken care of. Your food, your shelter, your health, your transportation, and your utilities are covered every day. And if you wake up that day and the first thing you need to do is worry about that, it is emotionally draining. And so it's okay if that's all you have to deal with that day. That If that takes up all of your energy, because that energy of day-to-day not knowing if you're going to be secure, that takes up all of your emotional energy. And that that's normal. That's a normal human thing. All right, so tip number two for dealing with your money in this time is next up. If your income has dropped or disappeared, you need to work out how much time you have until you can't take care of basic needs anymore. If you don't know how much you spend in an average month, what I want you to do is have one day where you wake up, you do not check the news, you sit down with your favorite beverage that you have available in your house, and you figure out your recurring expenses. And then you figure out how much you spend on non-standard expenses like groceries, gas, etc. And then you're going to add up all the money you have coming in on a regular basis if you have some coming in or that you have in your savings fund if you don't have any coming in. This is going to give you a clear idea of when you need those unemployment checks to actually start being deposited or how long your savings will last you. It gives you your freak out number. So if you add that all up and your recurring expenses, the basics that you need to keep food and shelter taken care of are $1,000 a month and you've got $900 on your bank account, then that means that you've got three and a half weeks before your freak out time. And that gives you your window before you start having to panic. This will essentially give you your freak out mode. And I think it's very helpful if you're someone that deals with some anxiety because you'll have a real number. And I think a lot of times people don't want to sit down and do this math because they tend to think that it's the worst case scenario, that everything's terrible. But being in that constant state of panic without real information is actually worse for you because it's you're living that constant fear of not knowing. And once you sit down and know, you actually have some information to make some tools with. And you don't have to get granular with a spreadsheet if that's going to stress you out. But you might discover, you might actually find that you think it's really terrible when you sit down and you realize, oh, my income got cut, like I'm down to four days a week instead of five days a week at work. But actually, I was saving 20% of my income before, so it's fine. And if you sit down, you might actually realize it's not as bad as it was. Remember, your goal is getting through each day. And we're trying to get out of the year 2020 alive. We're not trying to get ahead. We're not trying to make big accomplishments. If it's not in the cards this year, we're just trying to get you out of this year healthy and whole. And also, we're also trying to topple police brutality and systemic racism because we decided we need more challenges this year. But it was a long time coming. So goal number three. My next recommendation is that if you do have a secure income, at least for now, 
put your savings on auto pay. Uh, do an automatic transfer to your savings or retirement account every pay cycle based on what's reasonable for you and just leave it. Don't log in or stare at it, um, especially investments. So if you're doing like retirement and stuff like that, a lot of people enjoy that like active feeling of like, ah, I put money in there. But right now the stock market is doing wild things and that seeing your portfolio kind of drop is going to stress you out more likely than it is going to help you. But if you can kind of just set things on auto payment and make sure that you're paying yourself first, if you do have secure income and you're setting that aside, and it doesn't have to be a big and ambitious goal, but the goal here is to really minimize the amount of active work that you're going to need to do because I know that I just straight up don't know what day it is anymore. Like I was, I'm not even sure the month. I thought it was April when it was June the other day. So that's where I'm at. And I think a lot of us are at that place. So you really want to automate a lot of it. Set everything up on auto payment. Set your savings on auto payment. And if you do have student loans in the U.S. right now, um, they if you have federal student loans, you actually don't have to pay out on them right now. And you may want to be putting that money aside in savings, and you can use it to pay towards those student loans later. They currently have no interest. Um, or you can kind of sit on it like a little emergency fund. And you all know that I love budgets. Like, I love granular budgeting. I love budgeting my money. But for many people right now, this is not the time to start a huge, massive attempt to start tracking your expenses. Because one... Track If you just start tracking your expenses, they're probably going to look nothing like they are under quote-unquote normal times because life is so different for most of us right now. And then additionally, like nobody needs that added stress in your life. But if you're like me and it de-stresses you to stare at spreadsheets, now could be a time to start a granular budget. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. All right. I want to say one last thing. So this is kind of tip number four, and it's going to run counter to a lot of this. But I do want to say that you do not need to put your money on hold. If you're not in crisis, if you're like me and you're more stable and financially secure than most people around you right now, it is okay to keep going with your goals. You can keep paying off your house, paying down that student loan, or saving money if you want. You don't need to put a pause on things if things are more certain for you than they are for other people. A listener in the live stream asked last week, should I even keep investing in my 401k? I feel like I'm just like lighting it on fire right now. But please don't lead with panic. Even though it feels like there is panic everywhere right now, it's a terrible financial strategy. That's why I recommend setting things up on auto investment and not logging in to look up at the balance while the markets are volatile in response to the four horsemen of the apocalypse arriving. In fact, as long as you are financially stable enough to afford it, now is an excellent time to invest because you're buying the shares in your portfolio on sale. So even if they look like they're losing value every time you log in, you're actually getting more shares for your money. So if you invest the same $100, you're buying more shares. And whenever we get through this, when things return to a more right and hopefully more just normal, you're going to have more shares to increase in value. 
I've always said the best time to get started investing for retirement is 20 years ago, but the next best time is right after you have that emergency fund. And the other thing is that a best time to buy a house is when you are financially ready, not timing the market. The things that make financial decisions make sense on a personal level before the pandemic are just the same as now. If your personal financial circumstances have changed, you might have to reevaluate. But don't be swayed by whatever the markets are doing. Don't be swayed by uh, crazy low interest rates. Focus on you. If you are in the position to buy a house, if it's not too much burden relative to your income, you have a predictable and relatively stable income, and you have an emergency fund, money to put down, and your other debt isn't too high, then interest rates are not the important part. The, the panic of the pandemic is not the important part. But that also means the flip side is true. You shouldn't panic and rush out to buy a house because the interest rates are low if it doesn't make sense for you. If there is anything 2020 has taught us is that you cannot predict the market. But you do know if you are currently financially equipped to buy a house. So make decisions based on yourself and not speculation. And then the very last thing, but the most important thing I want to say about money right now is that if you are able, giving money to Black-run organizations that are helping with on-the-ground resistance, that are working on systemic change of dismantling white supremacy and responding to the health crisis of COVID-19, particularly in communities of color, it's really important. Giving money away, you can do from your house. It is You barely have to lift a finger. You can do it from within the Instagram app. It makes a real difference. I'm donating 100% of Oh My Dollar revenue this week, including all ad revenue from this episode and a week's worth of Patreon funds to GLBTQ Black-led organizations doing work in their community. I'll be matching all that revenue out of my own personal funds, and my day job will match up to $100 as well. So just by listening to this episode, you are helping raise money for social justice. So know that even if you don't have money to donate, there are ways to help like this. I'm in a position to do this right now, and as long as I can keep my lights on and my rent paid, Oh My Dollar will be donating all ad revenue to people doing work on the ground. And if you are in the position to donate yourself and want guidance, I have linked to the organizations that need support in the show notes, including who I have supported from this. These all came to me as recommendations directly from Black, queer, anti-racist advocates that I know are doing work in their communities. This is where understanding what you can do to help is important, because for some of us, we don't have the time or the health to be out in the streets because we are still working, possibly overtime in essential services, but we do have money. Because I'm immunosuppressed, it's not safe for me to be on the ground right now with other folks standing up for racial justice, but I can lend some of my tiny platform and money to folks doing the work. For example, because I'm financially stable, again, for the first time in four years, I just started to move my standard donation of 5% of my monthly personal income to now donating 10% of my monthly income to charity and mutual aid. But I only did that because I was able to get my emergency fund back up to a 10-month emergency fund after slowly whittling it down the past few years. I had to get my own house in order first. If money is as tight for you as it is for many right now, know that donating is not the only way you can help. The first thing you can do is keep yourself safe and healthy. 
If you're in acute financial crisis, it's very hard to help someone else because that takes a ton of brain and emotional power. And even if you aren't in the financial position to donate, becoming anti-racist is a lifelong process of undoing ingrained bias. If you're not black, work on educating yourself on anti-blackness and help your friends work on their racism. I have linked to some amazing books and podcasts in the show notes that can help you educate yourself. One of my favorite podcasts is about black life is called The Nod. And Yo! Is This Racist, which I've been following since it was like a Tumblr feed in 2012. And a book that changed my thinking about the racial justice system in the United States is called The New Jim Crow. It's your job to do the work to educate yourself, not your black friends, not your black coworkers, and certainly not black strangers on Twitter. So if you don't follow black creators on your favorite social platforms, now is the time to change that. But don't put the burden on them to do the work for you or give you assignments. Also, I forgot to mention what with the state of the world, but it's kind of a big deal. Oh My Dollar was featured in the New York Times last week, like the real print Sunday New York Times. So if you're a new subscriber, welcome. I hope you like what you hear. Please reach out with any financial questions. I am here to help. And if you don't think that Black Lives Matter, then you probably won't want to stick around. Well... That's our show. That was a lot. Before we close out, I love to hear little audio updates about how listeners are doing out in the world right now. It is a wild time. Here's an update from a listener down under. Hey, um, I'm Judy. I'm a listener from Australia. We've been pretty lucky over here. Our country and our state have had fairly low caseloads of COVID. My household in particular has been very lucky because my husband is still working and we pulled our son out of daycare mid-March we thought at the time that we were going to have to be paying full-time as long as this lasted and we were worried but willing to pay that to keep them open because they're great but the government actually made daycare free for three months. Even though daycare is a huge cost for us the amount of money we spent setting up a home office completely offset that. We've also spent a lot of money on toys and extra books and things to keep our kid occupied. Almost feels like setting up a daycare at home although it's not quite that intense and I've spent a lot of time working on weekends and after bedtime which I mean if we'd made the choice to keep our son home for other reasons would be fine but being in the middle of a pandemic and not a choice we made it really tipped us into a month or more of apathy where we would almost just zone out I was falling asleep at 7.30 when our son went to bed and not waking up until 7 the next morning because my body shut down. So it's, um, we've been lucky. If you do want to send us a little audio money diary, you can leave a voicemail in the U.S. at 503-877-4338 or you can email us a voice memo or financial questions to questions at ohmydollar.com. Tweet us at Anomaly or at ohmydollar.com. In this time of social isolation, staying connected with our community is more important than ever, and I'm doing live streams every Saturday at 5 p.m. Pacific until I am free of lockdown. So, I don't know, possibly for the next forever. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash anomaly to get notified about new live streams. I also answer questions I can't get to on the podcast there. You can join our online community at forum.omydollar.com that Diopson described as a serious community where we figure out how to finance our plants and yarns.
Oh My Dollar is usually recorded at the X-Ray FM studios in Portland, Oregon, but is currently recorded from a foam box in my closet and is syndicated through PRX. This episode was underwritten by Tamsin G Association, Hank Green, Warrior Queen, and Galena S. This episode was engineered and edited and hosted by me, Lillian Kerbig, and our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. Thank you for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Black Lives Matter. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.